Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online podcast. Coming to you live from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. And we are recording day early this week due to Hurricane Ian making landfall in Florida. Hope everybody out there is safe listening to this pod in the path of the storm nick and i have made our preparations no no so doing that today you look like you were standing in line this week i've, I've been in line haven't found water yet uh we've substituted bourbon uh for water so uh don't want to say where i'm going to go next because you just gave me a secret um, i did i just gave gave so you a plug not not putting it out there yet because i uh, don't need people getting there i Wait, guess i guess we're recording how much water are you going to buy uh probably buy the other thing is, like, this is a big, scary hurricane, but we're, like, inland. We're very far the inland. Third we're, highest elevated city in Florida. Like, people in Gainesville are acting like we are a small island in the Caribbean. Um, the way that, like, stuff gets bought up. Our, being, boy, being, our boy, Corey Bender, is the one that needs yeah, to be Yeah, yeah. Corey, oh, Corey's still kind of inland, like, in Land of Lakes. Um, but, like, um, my fiance was, uh, she's getting her master. She was in um, Terracia, which is an island by St. Petersburg immediate evacuation like you're getting out of there they're 13 inches above sea level get Oof. you get out of there um but Gainesville we're I mean the wind the wind could be bad because it's getting up to almost a category five now um but we shouldn't be affected that's why there's a game Sunday because we're not in Tampa because the next day things should be able to be okay yeah. in Gainesville in terms of the road in terms of people making it uh, and if you haven't heard yes the Eastern Washington game has been moved uh, a day Still on as scheduled, um, going to be kicking off at noon. So we will get to that matchup, uh, a lot of the happenings of this week. Uh, but first, Nick and I have a game to recap from this past weekend. And my man Nick fell to uh, one and three on the season. Nah, it's not good. Let's see, I, I picked. You were so close to getting the win right, though, man. I was. So I, I'm trying to think of which ones have I lost when I picked Florida. I picked Florida. Oh, so I'm two and two. I picked Florida to beat. The only time I picked against Florida was Utah. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you picked Utah to win. The only time I picked against Florida was Utah. That's right. So you're two and two. No, I picked them to beat Kentucky. You did pick them to beat Kentucky. And they lost to Kentucky. Mm. But I've only picked against the Gators once. So negative Nick <laughs> picked Florida three times this year. Not too much negative to say about uh, the way that they played. Saturday, some negative well, it aspects. Depends on what side of the ball. Some negative aspects from the game, um, but we got a lot to unpack from that performance in Knoxville. The Gators go down thirty-eight to thirty-three, came down to the wire. It looked like the Gators were kind of done in the fourth quarter after the fumble from Anthony Richardson, but uh, he leads the Gators back on two touchdown drives. Dewan Black with the onside recovery shows up with the, the logo, logo. man, it did, man. Uh, a fantastic shot of that onside kick recovery from the uh, journey episode uh, from, from Tennessee. If you guys haven't seen that yet, just an incredible shot, incredible play by Dewan. And uh, me personally, Nick, like I, I didn't really feel like Florida had a chance to win the game until that moment. Uh, and then it's, and then at that point, Hey, Anthony Richardson makes, some more completions or has a miraculous throw mm. to the end zone, which he's capable of, then the Gators might have a shot, but um didn't work out that way. The Gators well, you could uh, just feel it too. I mean, you we were oh both down gosh. the field at that time and the the level of confidence and, and the crowd noise, uh the first touchdown goes and there's still still two possession game after that first touchdown, Florida doesn't get a two point conversion. Yep. The fans are still going nuts. Get a stop, score again. And I literally, a guy in the front row in the north end zone goes, this is torture. <laughs> it was like you could just feel Tennessee being like, I've seen this movie before. I know how this ends. Some yeah. ridiculous play happens and Florida wins. Uh, it didn't it, happen, but you could feel the anxiety 
uh, yeah. take over the stadium. There was a guy. I was sitting in the standing in the end zone, and there was a guy in the first row, almost like singing this song. He had made it up. He's just singing this song that's like, "We're about to beat Florida." I don't know what he was saying, but he is just on cloud nine. And this old guy, I don't know if, what he was affiliated with Tennessee, but he was on the field. Older gentleman turns around at this guy who's right behind him and goes, you haven't seen enough of these games end. <laughs> and turns back around and keeps watching. I mean, um, they've got PTSD with some Florida finishes in this robbery. I mean, a freshman at Tennessee, assuming they're 18 years old, has seen uh, two Tennessee wins. Freshman at Tennessee has seen, including last Saturday. Also seen, seen two Hail Mary losses. Yeah, has seen as many Hail Mary losses as, as he has seen. And had Tennessee a chance wins. to see a third one. So that old man told him, yeah, no, he was right. You haven't seen he, enough he of these right. games. You haven't end. seen enough of these games. Uh, and if, if, that's the, if that's what you're singing right now. Um, and you got a great video of the fans in the stands, Nick. Couldn't, couldn't make out what they were saying. I'm not sure what they were saying. They were uh, some chomping. And I think they were saying drive home safely. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> Classy. Um, what'd you think of Knoxville and Neyland? Uh, well, I've been to I've been to Knoxville a bunch. I think that's probably the best crowd I've seen in Neyland for Florida, Tennessee. Um, yeah. I've seen the checkerboard like three times now. Yeah, uh, I think 2014 was my first trip there, and that was the first time they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was joking with Zach. I was like, they tweeted it out, sent emails all week, not this year, but in 2014, to like make sure, hey, if you're in this seat in this section. Please wear orange. If you're in this seat, this section, please wear white. I think they do it once a year now, so they've kind of got it figured out. Yeah. Um, but I remember that 2014 year being like, hey, man, we get it. We get it. But they send it out every single day just making sure. Because uh, it could look real bad if you don't get it just right. You or get like one little, section screws up. Little speckles of white and orange, little speckles of orange and the white. That yeah. Or if one section screws up and you got a big block of something. Yeah. I will say I thought Florida handled the, the crowd well. Um Yeah. Kingsley had a couple issues there. There was that one play where he, he, everybody moved but him. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like they had a new system with him dealing with the noise. Everyone remembers the issues at Kentucky last season. That was his first time starting on the road in the SEC. I think he had some hearing issues. Um, so I think they did better in terms of the the system that they put in place to get the snap off. Uh, but in terms of AR operating the offense and dealing with the crowd. I I put out my theory last week, Nick, and I think you liked it, which was him getting out of the Gainesville bubble Mm -hmm. and away from the pressures of Florida field and being the quarterback for the Florida football team, um, I think was going to do him some good. And like you mentioned, he might even like being the villain. Yeah. Um, And it seemed like he reveled in that role. Um, It's interesting because he had – and I don't think the way he played against USF is his floor. I think that's an aberration. Like, that's a one-off game. Um, I think – I didn't think he had this kind of passing game in him, um, which was literally led him to being the most total yards when you add in his rushing, but his rushing wasn't 60-something? 67, 62. 60, in the 60s. So third most – all-purpose yards for any player in Florida history and the most against an SEC opponent. You wrote about it. Which counts to me. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sanford and Cincinnati. Um, listen, uh, <laughs> credit Dan Mullen for not having a good enough game plan that you couldn't take your starting quarterback out against Sanford. Well, can we Emory, si- owns a, Emory owns a record now. Can we side note on Dan real quick? No. He's, he gets so much time on our message board. I mean, I think I deserve some props for the, the photo that I quote tweeted Dan with did you see it mm-hmm. the anthony richardson screenshot um that was from when the gators uh had their touchdown reviewed on saturday in the tennessee game and anthony was clearly in the end zone laying in the end mm-hmm. zone um that crap that that uh and, and and finally they uh they said that he scored, and the camera showed anthony oh That's yeah the face that he made we that uh, we were watching that in the hotel <laughs> Um, and of course, uh, Dan Mullen, his former coach comes out this week with his, uh, top quarterback performers of week four, uh, list six quarterbacks. None of them were Anthony Richardson. 
do they all win or are those all winners or is yeah, there a well, losing quarterback in there? As, 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 you know, as someone pointed out, Mississippi State lost last week, didn't they? They did lose. Ah, so you guess you they could put lose. losers on there that too. too. But you know, someone responded to to my tweet um, that was basically like, you know, hey, uh, you know, maybe he only put guys from winning teams on his list. Yeah. I said, well, good thing the voters, um, you know, didn't do that when Tebow won the Heisman <laughs> uh, for that year. Otherwise, Dan Mullen would never have a Heisman Trophy winner mm-hmm. that he coached. Um, but I, it's just like it seems like every week he finds something that can get Florida fans riled up on Twitter and then just sends it out. I mean, he's not even trying to hide the hate anymore. It's just he's just straight trolling Gator Nation. Yeah, well, he gets too much airtime. Well, I yeah, thought. Nothing, what's the, what's the movie? If you if you if Mama said if you don't have anything nice to say, say nothing at all. Mm. So I'm just bring up Dan. I, I, I find I find it amusing, um, you know. But obviously, Anthony had not only one of the best performances last week, but as Nick said, one of the best performances all time. I mean, he etched his name in the record books, the ninth most passing yards in a game from a Florida quarterback in school history. I mean, that's rare air, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's crazy too that a guy who had 112 passing yards the week before, quadruples that. Had never had a 200-yard game. Had never had a 300-yard game. And then all of a sudden he goes for 453? It's yeah. like it, it, that discrepancy to me is wild. Tennessee's going to struggle with uh, with Kentucky uh, and, and Will Levis because I think they're – not to take anything away from Anthony, but I think – they're not a good passing defense. They ranked 100th nationally yeah. going into the game. Not a good, not a good secondary, not a good passing defense. And I think um, I was really surprised that Ricky Pearsall, when we talked to him after the game, yeah. just said, <clears throat> we knew we could throw on these guys. Yeah. Like, that was the game plan coming in. We, say, we sat here all week saying, run, run the, the ball, ball. <laughs> run the ball, let Anthony get outside. Now, they did do some of that stuff. Did. We did see more of Anthony running um, off tackle. Got a touchdown. Some design there. runs. Um, but it, certainly they found something on tape. And they took advantage of it. I asked around because I wanted to know, how does a guy who throws for 100 yards the first three games, how does he all of a sudden go for 453, right? Um, He threw for more yards Saturday than in his first three games combined on the season. Um, I asked Billy about it on Monday. Like, what did you guys do? What clicked for him? What light bulb went on? And he likened it to drafting a first-round quarterback, and he comes in as a rookie and is kind of feeling his way through the offense and then all of a sudden has a game where everything just clicks. And he kind of described Anthony's performance as that. Now, I do uh, feel like, just from talking to people around the program, that um, Billy and Ryan O'Hara, I think, you know, coached Anthony maybe a little bit differently this week, and I think they game-planned for him a little bit differently, and they clearly had confidence in him being able to throw the ball against his Tennessee defense. And I think that did wonders for Ant just having his coach dial up those plays and say, "Hey, man, fourth and two from our own forty from our own twenty-seven, we're we're dialing up a deep mm-hmm. shot." Um, and then they go out and complete it. I just think that was a huge confidence booster for Ant. Yeah, I think that's such a wild play call. Such a wild <gasps> play call. Like, I get your one on one, but it's fourth and two from your own twenty-seven. You're trailing in the game. You wouldn't even do that on Madden, Nick. No, no, no. no. I would punt. Obviously, <laughs> I would punt. Um, and, and our most read story from the game and from Knoxville was um, what Nick knew everybody wanted to know about. <laughs> Nick comes up to me in the press box after the game and goes, "I'm right about the two points. <laughs> Got to do this." Um, and you knew like the, the math is, the math is over my head. Like I, I went, uh, when I was trying to pick a major, I was like, Hey, what has the least amount of math? Mm-hmm. And they were like, journalism. I'm like, cool. I can do that. Um, so I don't get why, but like much smarter people than me have made, um, made charts. Yeah. And, and that's what Billy and, and the analysts and Ash Pierce on the sideline, I walk, I walk by and he's got this binder that's, you know, this thick and he's going through it and he's. This is a situation that we're in. Here's one that we could be in. And he walks up and he's talking to Billy as, as analysts can do. And um, and, and I don't get why, but the chart says if you're down 11 in the fourth, you go for two to make it nine. Mm-hmm. And then Billy explained that to us uh, more so. But, yeah, it took me a while to write that story just because I'm 
not smart enough to understand the math. I had to call somebody and, and have them kind of like walk me through it. You did um, it though. But I did it. I did it. And you and, and then like you tweeted, you wrote it on Saturday night, and then Billy basically came out mm -hmm. Monday and confirmed what you wrote. Um, so get used to it, Florida fans. Uh, the fourth down aggressiveness. The uh, it's, it's hard. The two point it's, it's gambles. Hard, it's hard to see the disrespect. Uh, in the playing time for Jeremy Crawshaw. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's tough. That's, it's just, it's a tough scene. Jeremy, I feel bad for you. Um, my he, thoughts are with you. He shined in his one. I know. He should have, should have had more opportunities. If you get that game changer on the field, maybe the game changes. Uh, maybe the final score changes. Um, just saying. Maybe a little fake punt. Sp speaking of which, before we jump to this uh, first break, were you okay? Like, did you sit down and and, and need a moment? After you saw the butt punt this weekend, I didn't see it. You haven't seen the butt punt? I didn't. We were in the we, air. Yeah, well, you haven't seen it pop up on Twitter throughout the uh, week. I've seen it, but, but yeah, we were in the air and then in the car. We pulled the game up, but it was after the butt punt. Yeah, but if if you guys don't know what I'm referencing, the Miami Dolphins. Nick is a Miami fan, of course. Uh, Tried to give the game away at the end there, man. And their punter backed up in his own end zone. Uh, went to go let it fly. And uh, punted it right into his protector's butt. That is the first blocked punt in Morstead's 14-year career. Spent most of his time in New Orleans. Never had a blocked punt. All and right. now it's a uh, blocker on his own team that blocked it with his butt. I saw that replay, and I was like, man, if Nick would have seen that live. I would have been furious. <laughs> and you're a Dolphins fan, too. So it's from the punters to your team. Mm -hmm. Um Fun times. Well, we had a good trip in Knoxville. Uh, you know, the result, obviously, not what Florida fans wanted, but um, we'll kind of delve into this game a little bit more after this break. We definitely got to address what happened on the defensive side, um, talk more about Billy's play calling, and then the final segment, we'll switch gears and uh, get you ready for this game Sunday at noon against Eastern Washington. We'll be right back after this break. Coming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to Spurriers.com. Hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight. Welcome back to the Gators Online Podcast, live from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Uh, Going to delve more into this performance on Saturday from Florida. Some of our takeaways, both from the offensive and defensive side. Nick has set his piece on special teams. Although, you do, I think, before we get on uh, offense and defense, um, you wrote a story about the kicking game, or kick return game, rather, and uh, or should we say the lack thereof? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, too long didn't read. Just, they're trying to give you 25 yards. They're trying to make the game safer, to not have high-speed collisions. They made a rule where you can just bear catch. Don't even need anything. Don't just catch the ball and go to the 25. Easy. Florida has had 13 returns this year. One of those 13 have made it to the 25. They've had 13 returns, five penalties, which means now you're getting backed up. Even if you got to the 25, now you have a personal foul. They are so bad on kickoff returns. Have they ever made it past the 25? One time. One time. Got to the 30. The 30? The 30. Okay. Got an extra five yards. Um, but you've also lost how many five yards with the penalties that you've gotten? Yeah, you, um, I, I sent it to myself here. There we go. So total for the season: twenty-seven kickoffs, uh, thirteen returned, uh, one that went past twenty-five to the thirty. Five penalties. The average starting position on returned kickoffs is the fourteen point nine fifteen yard line. So you're giving away ten yards, 10 yards every time you return a kick. There's just no need unless you get like Andre DeBose some eligibility, Brandon James some eligibility, um, or if you get guys to stop holding or doing personal fouls um, on kickoffs. If that if, until you figure that out, just throw a hand up. Throw yeah. a hand up. I mean, either you're gonna get some production out of it, or you're not gonna do it. You're not even not getting. You're not. It's not like oh, they're not getting production. You're actively hurting yeah, your offense yeah. because your kickoff return is so bad. You're either helping yourself or hurting. And yourself. there's such an easy solution. It's not like oh, well, we just don't have the guys have in this position. 
Um, you know, it's like, ah, hey, we want to run the ball, but we don't have running backs. Okay, well, that's not this. Like, there is a <laughs> very easy solution. I'm still love. You mentioned running backs. I'm still love the um, curiosity of what Lingard could do back there. Let that guy run out his frustrations on kickoff return. That's true. Let him use his speed, which is supposed to be his strongest attribute. He's literally doing nothing. He's on kickoff. Uh, he's just blocking. I mean, I, I, I would, I, like you said, be good to see them find something there. And if not, um, don't hurt yourselves. Um, I think obviously going into the game Saturday, kind of putting a bow on the offense, one of my biggest things that I wanted to see <laughs> was their, uh, their play count and their ability to control the clock. Uh, and it's kind of crazy how this worked out against USF. They ran 47 plays. It's the fewest offensive plays that they had ran in a game since 2018 against mm -hmm. Colorado State. Flash forward to Saturday, they run 87 plays. That's the most offensive plays that they've run in a game also since 2018 against Vanderbilt. Um, crazy that you have those discrepancies not only in the 18 season, but now this year. And that was going to be so key for Florida. Yeah, they could not go into Saturday's game and have less than 50 snaps. With an offense like Tennessee's, you need to go in, and I'm sure their game plan was, use our offense as defense. Yeah. And by that I mean sustain drives, don't rush to the line, keep their offense off the field, and try to do what USF did last week to, to Tennessee, yeah. which they, you were successful in doing. Yeah. And, you know, What's crazy is that Florida was able to do it. They were able to run 87 plays. They were able to win the time of possession battle almost by 10 minutes. And yet, they did this despite not being able to run the ball very Shout well. Shout out to you for the and yet on Eastern Washington week. Let's go. So, Jim, Let's go. Jim McElwain, the Eastern Washington quarterback. Shout out to uh, Jimmy Coach Mac. there. Uh, this game is cursed, by the way. It is. The game <laughs> is completely cursed. Uh, McElwain scheduled the game in 16 or 15. They scheduled it for 2020. Obviously, 2020, uh, you go to an SEC schedule. Uh, and then didn't think we were going to be playing the game yeah. like, on Monday. Honestly, didn't think Monday that the game was going to get played. Uh, but it's getting played. It is. And eventually. And, and fingers crossed. Knock on wood. You know, we'll see. If, I mean, obviously, the rain should be gone by Sunday. Um, but I... Like you mentioned, Nick, last week everybody was run the damn ball, run the damn ball, run the damn ball. They had 79 yards from their three combined backs on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Lowest output of the season from that group. Every single guy averaged less than four yards per carry, and yet they were still able to control the time of possession, and a lot of that had to do with Anthony Richardson. Um, they're... Uh, their run uh, pass uh, balance was pretty, you know, pretty good. I think they were, uh, what, 44 pass attempts, and I think they had 40 rushes. So it was pretty even. But the reason Florida was able to control the clock to run 87 plays, it wasn't because they were just, con you know, continuously gashing them on the ground and getting chunks of, chunks of yards. It was because they sustained drives with the fourth down aggressiveness from Billy Napier. Um, to have six attempts, convert five of them. That's, I mean, that's only happened twice for the Gators uh, since at least 1996. They've only had five fourth down conversions in the game. Both of those times have came against Tennessee. The other time was 2015. So um, you don't typically see that many fourth down conversions, but uh, it's the reason why the Gators were able to be in position at the end of the game to win it. And, um, I think it's a credit to Billy. Look, there's been, uh, I think, personally, too much overreaction and too much analysis into, you know, I think the game planning, the play calling, like, they are figuring it out. Mm -hmm. You know, they are a first-year staff with a first-year starting quarterback who clearly is, is learning on the go. Um, Billy showed you on Saturday he can call some ball plays. He told me in the offseason, for everyone that was freaking out about him, just that he was going to just run nonstop, he told me in the offseason during that series I did, hey, if there's a game where we got to go out there and throw it for 350, we will. And they did. Um, 
they definitely have that within them and within this scheme. And even uh, the plays that didn't work, the the um, the fourth down that they didn't convert on the opening drive, and then the fumble that Richardson had in the red zone in the fourth oh, quarter. Man, we paused that watching in the hotel. But both of those were great play calls by Billy, and and Anthony, well. Anthony didn't execute them well. So. I thought Billy called a masterful game. He showed some huge cojones with some of those fourth down we, we calls. We really didn't get that the, the passing. We didn't get that east-west passing game that's been driving us nuts yeah. um, and from the previous two games. Um, and, and that answered a question that some people were asking. Has Billy lost confidence in Anthony as a passer? Clearly not. No, clearly not. And I, I think that now that he's actually seen him go out and do it in a game, they're only going to build on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not one of these type of games, but you would hope that he has a good week uh, this week. And just the fact that if Florida gets in another situation, likely against Georgia, where they can't run the ball mm. and they're having trouble to know that you, you know, you're not going to just be one dimensional. Um, and, and they have some capabilities there with with Anthony. Keon Zipper showed up, um, made huge play. Uh, you mentioned some of the receivers that uh, stood out. Justin Shorter probably had the game of his life mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. So a lot to like about where the offense is, is heading and trending right now. Defense, some issues. Uh, first off, shout out to Ventrell Miller. Mm-hmm. My man left it all out on the field in Knoxville. Uh, clearly was not 100%, but... Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him like take a week off. Oh, he's definitely not playing Saturday. Um Sunday. At least I don't no, think no one's playing Saturday. Yeah, no one's playing Saturday. Uh, I'll be surprised to see him out there. Um, but e- even not at 100%, his whatever percentage was still plenty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a difference in that game right off of Tennessee's opening drive with punching out the ball in the red zone to force a turnover. He recovered the fumble on uh, Bernie's uh, s- uh, sack fumble. So uh, he, he had an incredible game. He made the touchdown-saving tackle on uh, Hooker's long scramble, gets hurt on that play, has to leave the game, comes running back out of the tunnel right before the fourth quarter starts. Um, he, he, he definitely was a difference maker on Saturday, and, and you, you see why the Gators need him out there. Uh, we started doing the PFF grades. He is consistently the top-graded player um, on Florida's defense, uh, once again this week. There's just a difference. And, like, I, I don't think he's – in all American. I don't think he's a guy who's going to have a 15 year NFL, NFL career, but there is a noted difference the way Florida's defense operates, performs, executes, and plays when 51's on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like he, um, he they, 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 you can't take him out of the equation. And we yeah. said, we said in the, in the, before the season started, you need 15, you need 51. 51. Yeah. You got to have it. Although, this is going to be a great opportunity Saturday for those young guys if they do rest Ventrell um, to basically see you know what Scooby and I hey Shamar James he made some uh, some great plays in that game on Saturday uh, he had the sack um, mm-hmm. on Hendon first, Hooker first career sack and then he had the tackle on third down uh, or fourth down rather fourth um, that allowed the Gators to get the ball back go down and score, and then get the onside kick um, that put them in chance to try mm-hmm. and win at the end. So uh, Shamar James, is obviously we've seen a lot of him. and uh, But really, I think everybody was talking after Saturday about the secondary and just the lapses there, the coverage breakdowns, um, two obvious plays. Um, but not just all on one guy, but there there, there is one that is, is you know continuing to make the mistakes and you know, Florida took him out of the game. Uh, Trey Dean, after the first uh, busted uh, coverage that he had, he still played, you know, I think the fourth he's most played, snaps on he, defense. He's played 94% of Florida's all, uh, defensive snaps this season, um, but has played less snaps in each consecutive game, if that makes sense. And his, and his backup, at least on the depth chart, just going off of that, is Donovan McMillan. He's played one defensive snap this season. Yeah, and, the backup is is uh, Kamari. Yeah, so, I mean, I think if you're going to see a change there, I think Nick just alluded to it, probably having Kamari and Rashad Torrance on the field at the same time will 
would be the most likely. Um, I think that there is also a chance um, that they could maybe move Trevez Johnson to safety to to give him a look there. But um, they got to they got to try some personnel um, changes in the secondary or or just give some guys some other opportunities. And I think you're going to see that. And again, it's not just trading. Um, I think Avery Helm did not have a great game. I think that you'll see some other guys uh, in the rotation, potentially there at cornerback. Uh, we didn't. J- Jalen Kimber only played 11 snaps mm-hmm. in that game uh, after having a huge play against USF and, and kind of showing up. So um, wasn't wasn't sure w- kind of why he was not as involved in that game, but um, still not there, Nick. And, and that's still something that they're working through that they got to improve. I mean, you know. Now, to be fair, they faced a pretty talented quarterback every single week that they've played, including the USF quarterback. Um, so they'll get a break this week. I think uh, who I think Hooker's the best one that they face. So. Oh yeah, just the way that he played, um, I would put him ahead of Levis. I would for too. Sure. Um, and Cameron Rising. Cam Rising just, I thought that what Cam Rising looked like, like in the fourth quarter, is what he would look like the whole game. Mm-hmm. First half against Florida, I think he's whether it's early season or the crowd noise, yeah. he, he was you know, a little jittery. Um, I'm really, was really, really impressed with Hendon Hooker. There were a couple times, and Billy said it um, on Monday, had him dead to rights. Mm-hmm. Brenton Cox had him sack uh, on, the, on the third and 10. Yeah, um, right there. Right there on the first half. The guy just gets away. He's not just a mobile quarterback. He can throw the football, too. Um, Talking really trash back to the Florida players. Really impressed with him. And I think he hurt his right shoulder. During the game, um, getting sacked. I can't remember who the sack was. But getting well, sacked. Rashad Torrance put it on him a couple times, yeah. and then he got up talking trash to Rashad after he took the hit. Um, well, that was also after a first down, so. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other guy. Um, you know, but on those busted coverages, that was Florida beating Florida. Yeah. As Billy said, you can't have that, especially from a, a fifth-year senior, um, you know, I, I will say though I will give them credit because seemingly, you know, he got removed from the game for that blunder for, um, for a drive for a drive. Um, they came back in blue nose. So we'll see how that progresses moving forward. Um, you know, I, 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 think, I, I asked Billy think, about the safety. Think they'll make a change? I, I, I honestly don't. I don't. I, I think what you'll see is I think that you'll see more of a rotation. I mm-hmm. think that you'll see um, Kamari Wilson continuously get more PT. Okay. I think that maybe you'll see Trevez Johnson start to get more reps back there at safety. Um, I'd like to see Miguel Mitchell uh, get some opportunities. He's, he's oh, we're already played four games. So like this week, Sunday will be telling because that's when guys will play in their fifth game, um, which means no red shirt. Miguel Mitchell has zero snaps on defense, yeah. but has played all, in all four games on special teams. So. We'll see. I mean, this is going to be an opportunity for those guys against Eastern Washington. Um, We're going to jump to this final break. We'll come back on the other side and give you some things that we want to see from the Gators on Sunday in the Swamp uh, against an FCS opponent. Uh, Billy got a lot of respect for them as a former FCS player. Mm. But uh, we'll see if they can throw it around the yard again on, on Sunday. We'll be right back after this break. Football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy sports with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, Kentucky and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign in using the code GATERS to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100 back. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. That's free money. Don't forget that Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code GATERS to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. 
Welcome back into the Gators Online podcast. Zach and Nick here live from Spurs Gridiron Grill. And it is time for us to now preview Sunday's game against Eastern Washington. Uh, definitely want to give a shout out to Sullivan Bortner, who has uh, put together some pregame notes for us because, Nick, we don't know a lot about Eastern Washington. The quarterback's first name is Gunner. I like that. Great uh, name for a quarterback. Gunner, uh, Gunner Talkington. They have uh, red carpet uh, and Jim McElwain played quarterback there. Yeah. Extent to my knowledge. Not, so, spending, not spending a ton of time researching Eastern Washington this week. Nope. They play on uh, – that is a fun fact, though, that they play on – Red uh, turf. Red turf. Uh, unlike the uh, unlike Boise with their blue turf. So, uh, Gunner is their quarterback. Uh, Makai Smith is their leading rusher. Freddie Roberson, their leading receiver. And Eli Doyle, their leading tackler. Uh, they have not done well on defense this year. The Eagles ranked toward the bottom of the SES. Uh, FCS in total defense, allowing 539 yards per game. The Gators are 21-1 and against FCS opponents mm. dating back to 1981 with the lone loss coming in 2013 in a game that Nick correctly predicted. Mm. Well, I, have to, I, have to, <laughs> I have to explain that. Um, I got to a point um, at my other uh, podcast. That was my first season. Um, and we had started it's a, a rough podcast. start. We had, we started a podcast at my at my first job, um, and I think I picked Florida to win a couple games in a row, and they lost. And I and I just flew off the handle on a podcast. I said I'm not picking Florida to win another game until they win one. And uh, strong they, stance. And they didn't win any before the Georgia Southern game. And uh, you stuck with to your guns. Felt backed into a corner, but I was I'm a man of my word. I wasn't going to pick them. I think I'm the only person in America. I picked Georgia Southern to beat Florida. Uh, it's not because I thought they were going to win. It's because uh, I'd gone a little crazy a couple weeks earlier. But still picked it right. Should have put some money on that. You did. Although you will not be picking Eastern Washington this Saturday. Maybe I will. Stop it. Stop to, it. To be determined. The storm's getting to you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, this will be the first ever meeting between Florida and Eastern Washington, courtesy of Jim McElwain. Jimmy Mack. Not, just, not doing well up there in Central Michigan. No, he's not. And um, like you said, this this game has already been already been canceled once, mm -hmm. uh, rescheduled once. And, um, you know, once again, we're moving some parts around to uh, get this game to happen on Sunday. And uh, the Gators have uh, really dominated the only times that they've played big sky opponents. Uh, they beat uh, Iowa in 2018. And in Mont Montana State, all the way back in 1988, by a score of 69 to nothing. What what day was that? Of the Montana State game? Yeah. Mm, Doesn't say. Does not say. Oh. It had to be an early season opponent. Could have been. Could have been end of the year. Were they doing that back in '88? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if I, I was alive. I wasn't. I wasn't born. That was the year I was born. So I was trying to see what month it was in. Uh, but I'm November 25th birthday. So that's uh way into the year maybe mm. last game well obviously Florida goes into this game uh the eastern Washington Eagles are severely overmatched um Florida's obviously trying to get back in the win column coming back home after their first road test and and honestly <laughs> yeah Billy won't say this definitely doesn't want to field questions about it but this is their first opportunity this season I mean I guess USF was was one but this is their first opportunity to get up in a game, hold the lead, and win comfortably. I mean, Florida has not led by double digits once in a game this season. Every single game that they've been in has been single-digit ball games where they've been trailing. Uh, they've been down by double digits. Well, uh, the um, uh, Billy Napier's stellar uh, one possession game record took a hit last Saturday. While Florida did have a backdoor cover, <laughs> they did. Somebody lost some money on good that last teams touchdown. win, great teams cover. Good on you, Billy. <laughs> Made the boosters happy uh, if they took Florida getting the points. Yeah, they did. Um, I, th I think Florida will will have a will cover again uh, this Saturday. I don't even. I haven't even seen a a line. Probably so not a one. lot of these games, they just don't even give you a line. They're like, hey, we're not. You can bet a money line if you want. 
Uh, but I, I'd imagine Florida would be like minus a thousand. But I just think more than anything in terms of Anthony having an, another confidence boosting performance, obviously the defense making some strides, potentially some young guys, the youth movement mm. maybe potentially getting started. Um, more than anything, Florida just needs to go out and have a dominant performance against an FCS team that they should beat the brakes off of. Point blank, period. I mean, you've, you, you just. I've been so stressful every, every week? Saturday. Every Saturday is just one score game. Every I haven't written game. anything. I haven't written a single word. Like when the game is done, we haven't gotten a game where I knew what the storylines were until the clock hit zero. Please, Billy. <laughs> I would like to be done writing at like 5 p.m. on Sunday night. Let me start writing in halftime. What time do the Dolphins play Sunday? I don't know. No, Dolphins play Thursday this week. Oh, against Joe Burrow. That's right. In the Bengals. 4-0 this week. Dolphins probably going 17-0. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I mean, that's more than anything. Uh, have this game in control early on. Get an opportunity to play several of your second and third team players on offense and defense who have not gotten an opportunity yet this year because every single game has been so close. Um, so this is... Huge for them. This is what you schedule these games for, Nick. Pay a lot of money. <laughs> pay a lot, pay of, a money. lot of money. <laughs> pay a lot of money to get the freshman in. Yeah, you can get a break from your uh, conference slate. You can get a you know an easy win, and you can get an opportunity to get some guys, some experience, and some development. So that's what this Saturday is about. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Get me some Dewan Black reps. Yeah. Get me some Kamari reps. Can I get Donovan McMillan in a game, please? Uh, That, you know, because I had a lot of fans asking about the safety situation. I asked Billy about it um, on Monday. But, yes, you know, it's it's hard to um, anticipate that the backup is going to get the call when he's only played one defensive snap all season. So, um, he showed up in the spring game, obviously got the pick. I I thought he Mm -hmm. played – and the one defensive snap that he did play against Utah, he played it well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- th- this is obviously key for the Gators, uh, not only to get, you know, the young guys experience, but get your starters out early. Get, the, mm-hmm. you know. They get a break. Yeah, you get- they, they, need, they need a break. They need to, and also, you know, get them out healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah, you, you, this is, I can't stop making the joke. But not, not one of these types of games, but this is not a game where you want Anthony Richardson to twist playing the in the third quarter play- late. Late in the third quarter, twist an ankle. Like, yeah, even Justin Shorter, your, your offensive lineman. Like, you have an opportunity to get Jake Slaughter and, and Riley Simmons and maybe Yusef Murgadabil. Uh, uh, that's, yeah. Yusef. I'll, I'll come back now. Yusef. I'll come back next week with that one. But your starting offensive line and starting defensive line should be able to. I mean, Osiris Torrance has played more than 90% of the snaps. Like, get, get Big Dog a break. <laughs> give, give my guy a break. Give him the fourth quarter. Be like, hey, man, take your shoulder pads off. Sit have, down. Enjoy a Gatorade. Have you caught the celebration yet? No. He does it every time. I love it. Oh, he walks right up to him. No, no. He does the flex. Oh, he, he does oh. the flex every single time. See, those are the those are the post-play celebrations that we appreciate, not not some from others. Also appreciate a an offensive lineman. I see Big Des Watson's done it, uh, where he wears his jersey up, like, under his pecs. Uh-huh. And let the belly go. Um, first one, one of the first ones I saw do it was John Jalapio, hashtag the gut. Um, love a big guy that just rolls their jersey up into a crop top and lets the belly hang. Got to appreciate it, right? Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, what do you want to see Saturday, Nick, or Sunday, Nick, other than a quick game? Um, I'd like, I'd like, <laughs> give me under three hours. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to see, um, I, I want to see more of the younger guys. I want to see, uh, first off, I want to see a fair catch. I want to see a fair catch on kickoff. I don't care who's back there. You could put Michael Johnson from the 90s winning Olympic gold back there, and I want him to fair catch it. Um, I, I want to see. You know what they should also see is uh, no Jeremy Crawshaw. Sorry, Nick. I mean, come on. <laughs> but just being real. It's just it's ridiculous. Please punt. This is a week where he should not be seen. Just punt once. Maybe second half. Just, yeah, punt in the second Maybe half. when Jalen Kitna gets in. Beautiful. Um, I want to see Jalen Kitna. You, 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 
Fans have been calling for him. I want to see him get into this game against some lesser competition. And the way Florida practices, he's going to get a bunch of reps in practice. Um, that's how you want to get Jalen Kitten ready. Anthony Richardson has played every single offensive snap. Yeah. Um, you want to get Jalen Kitten ready in practice. This is a chance to get him in and get some live bullets, uh, yeah. some game reps. Um, I would like to see that. Uh, would like the fans to see what he looks like. Um, and, and really just get out of this game healthy. That's the biggest thing. Um, you've got Missouri, LSU, Georgia, uh, South Carolina. You got a lot of games left uh, that you're going to need your starters. You're already dinged up with Ventrell and with Michael Tarquin. Um, so just get out of this game healthy. Do you think we'll see Jack potentially? I don't think so. We'll find out, I guess, we'll Wednesday find out night. Tonight. Um, I think for me, obviously, Anthony Richardson, I think it's just important for him to go out and have another good game. Uh, a clean game. As well as he played Saturday, mm-hmm. still had turnovers. Um, ah, the, 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 the I, don't second, I don't count the pick. Yeah, the, the second one, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're just trying to make a play on the last on the last uh, snap of the game. And if he wasn't getting tackled. Like the oh, line, he wouldn't went to the end zone. If the line didn't, you know. Zipper was zipper know. was kind of there in the middle. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the fumble can't happen, especially mm-hmm. in that situation. Both quarterbacks for Tennessee and Florida fumbled in the red zone mm-hmm. and lost it on Saturday. But Richardson's came literally at the worst time. Yep. So um, having him being able to have a clean game and then also just a productive game um, uh, just to show that, you know, what he did last week against SEC competition on the road that he can come back against an FCS opponent and do it no problem. Um, and then on the defensive side, two things specifically for me, I don't expect to see Ventrell Miller. So how do those young guys look? Because the last time we saw them without Ventrell Miller, it was not a great showing mm-hmm. against USF. So I think it's almost a – like this season, I thought, coming in 7, 5, 8, and 4, I think it is almost a blessing in disguise, and I hate to see Ventrell not playing and I hate to see him injured again. I think it's almost a blessing in disguise because Shamar is getting so many valuable reps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where Scooby was. They didn't really play last week no, uh, against Tennessee, but – He'll play Saturday. Shamar is getting a ton of reps and a ton of experience and – He's made three starts, according to Florida's website. And I would need to go back and look at the first plays. Um, but that's going to be your starter for the next two years. Yeah, he's your uh, guy. At, at middle linebacker. Like, that's, that's your guy. So to get him these these reps and this experience now, even at the expense of Ventura Miller, I think is great for Florida's future. Yeah. And, and obviously, could we see some other inside linebackers? Dewan Black, uh, I think he's yet to play much on defense this year. So this could be an opportunity for him. And then – Honestly, I think more important than how things look at inside linebacker is what's up with the secondary in this game? Do we see some lineup changes? Do we see some different rotations? Do we see more rotation? Um, I would not be surprised to see a new starting cornerback. You went to cause headlines there. I I think that we could see see some changes um, based on what I've heard. So we'll see what that looks like. To your point about the safety, I don't know if they'll make a change to the starters, but I do think that there could be a change to the rotation. And at the very least, if Florida does what it's supposed to do from a scoring standpoint, you know, you get to take Torrance and Dean out of the game, let your young guys play, let Wilson and let Donovan McMillan get a ton of PT. I think this is very critical for them. They haven't got those opportunities. So um, that's something I'm going to be monitoring. Yeah. Derek Derek Wingo. Wingo. Um, there, there's a bunch of guys that um, I, I think just need. Well, it's been close games. They haven't been you able haven't to get on the field. Well, you know, it's one of these types of games. Yeah, I mean, if it's down to the wire, the staff is putting in the guys that they're they're. If they're this game comes on. down to the wire, Billy might like pull home on Sunday night, and there might be like a for sale sign <laughs> in front of his house. Like this game cannot be close. I think for the mental health of all of us sports writers, yes, please, <laughs> we we need an easy game. To write about, I think Florida fans, you guys want an easy game to root for. I'm almost uh, ready for like the game to be canceled and to get like a bye week just to like take a breath. See, I'm, it's been a stressful. It four almost weeks. feels, you know, if I have power, Saturday's going to feel like a bye week to me. I'm just going to watch football all day. I know I got to work mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, I feel like we're working Sunday most of the weekends anyway, so yeah. I'm going to enjoy my Saturday off. Um, and I just hope that everybody out there 
is able to do it too, that you have power, that you stay safe, uh, stay out of harm's way. If you need to evacuate, um, please do so. And um, we will all be monitoring the storm as we get closer to the weekend. And um, hope everybody is okay and can make it to uh, Sunday to the gate to see the Gators return to the swamp. Fifth game of the season, Nick. It's crazy how this thing is just rolling through, man. Man, we're uh, after a third game, I was like, oh shoot, that's a quarter of the season. Already. I gotta do my quarterly report. My goodness, yeah, <laughs> it, it flies by, and then it seems like the off season takes forever, and then the season just flies by. Yep. Well, uh, we're enjoying it. Uh, we'll be back in the swamp this weekend. I got my on three gear finally come through the mail, so I'll be repping, and uh, we'll see how the Gators fare against the Eastern Washington Eagles and the Jim McElwain game. Uh, for all intents and purposes, this week, they're the Eastern Washington fighting Jim McElwains. <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Um, should be fun. And no, and no wedding for you. No, unfortunately, um, my flight got canceled. Um, I was going to be covering this game Saturday at it was a noon kick, so it would have been Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, unfortunately, the flight got canceled, so sorry, Jaime and Kristen. Um, they're Congratulations. Hur- they're Hurricanes fans. They're definitely not listening to the podcast. Oh, not well. Yeah. But sorry, I'm going to miss it. I was looking forward to it, and was looking forward to seeing Aspen in October. <sighs> Sounds lovely. Um, paid a bunch of money for a hotel. That, uh, not getting a refund. So, tough scenes. Tough scenes. That's why you get the refund, folks. Or that's why you get, you get the uh, pay for the coverage. Mm. But I'll tell you what, though. Um, Hold the L. As upset as you are, Nick, and as upset as Florida fans were on Saturday after losing to Tennessee, you guys weren't more upset than your friends up there in Colorado and all the Miami fans across the country mm. with that middle Tennessee state loss. Got Could be worse. They got whooped. So yeah, it could, it could always be worse. Maybe not for uh, Cuban Ron Zook, but it could always be worse for other people. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, we are going to uh, wrap this show up for the week. We'll be back next Thursday on our regularly scheduled time uh, to recap the Eastern Washington game and get you guys ready for homecoming against Missouri in the Swamp. Another noon game. Not mad about that. Love a nooner. Love it. Love um, a nooner. Absolutely. So we will see you guys next Thursday live from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Alvarez. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.